You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show for one more Yet another, not the last, I don't want to give the wrong impression, I'm not finished yet, but this will be another episode of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 7th, 2021, if you can believe it. We're almost through the sequel to 2020, 2021 was supposed to be a much, much better year than 2020. And that didn't seem like that was too much to ask, and yet uh, it does feel at some points this past year as though 2021 said, hold my beer to 2020, watch this. But more on that, as we get closer to the actual end of the year, I, in my own life, in our household, we do a recap of the year So stay tuned for the recap of the year 2021 as we get closer to 2022. Maybe we'll even wait until we get into 2022. I doubt it, though. I'm not that good at waiting. I'm not that patient of a person. This episode, I want to talk about Let's Go Brandon. I want to talk about this chant that we all, I think, are aware is a stand-in for F. Joe Biden. Uh, The President of the United States of America, however he got into that position, however he is doing already, uh, less than a year into the four-year term that he is supposed to be in office, I, I believe deserves to be treated with respect, or rather it is right for us to treat the President of the United States with respect. However he conducts himself, whatever his personal character, I believe that it is proper for us to show respect for people who are in authority. That is proper, that is needful, that is necessary. It isn't necessarily about whether he's earned it, whether he deserves it. It is about whether God calls us to that and whether God has put this person in authority over us for a time and for a season and for a purpose. And now what do we do in that circumstance to honor God? That That's how I look at it. But now we have this chant. <clears throat> and I was just walking through Walmart on Sunday after church with my dad, going to pick up some sparkling grape juice and some garlic bread for lunch. We've decided here recently that... Sunday for lunch is going to be spaghetti and meatballs. That's what we've decided. And as such, it just so happens that sparkling grape juice goes well with spaghetti and meatballs. And it's kind of a nice special thing for the kids. We don't do soda uh, all that often. We're pretty sparse on the soda. Unless the kids get it somewhere else, we don't really do uh, soft drinks. But sparkling grape juice, on the other hand, well, it's juice, right? So... Yeah, of course it's good for you, and uh, they don't put a ton of sugar in there to make it even more exciting. But my dad and I, we are going through Walmart, 
and we're talking, we're having a conversation about politics as we usually do, as we always do. We always talk about politics and uh, also other things like work and church and theology and history and what's going on. But as we're walking through the store, I was talking about someone I know who is very much a prepper type, and I won't mention their name <clears throat> because that is uh, first rule of Fight Club. You don't talk about you don't talk about Fight Club. You don't talk about uh, people who are preppers uh, because that is not good prep work. You know, the, the more diehard somebody is when it comes to prepping, uh, the more they really don't want it being advertised that they are saving up for the apocalypse. Uh, hey, who has all of the guns and the ammo and the food and the water and the plan for what to do when the power grid goes down and China invades, for instance? Uh, let's all go over to that guy's house. No, the prepper guy who is really, really serious about it, he doesn't want everybody coming over to his house. That is not part of the plan. He wants to be maybe strategic about who he helps and who he doesn't help and all that. But I'm telling my dad about someone I know who will remain anonymous. Anonymous. Wow. I've never tripped over that word, but you just heard it here. Uh, anonymous. Someone who will remain anonymous is not a big fan of uh, our government. The status quo right now definitely believes that we should go back to the vision of the founding fathers, uh, something much more closely approximating the original vision of the founders. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights are sacred in his view. And as far as he's concerned, let's go Brandon, right? And so then as we're talking, lo and behold, here comes a gentleman walking down the aisle towards us, uh, not to us. He's just, you know, making his way through the store. We're making our way to the checkout and he's making his way deep into the store and to the deep recesses of Walmart to get uh, something. And he's wearing a T-shirt. And his T-shirt says, if you can guess, let's go Brandon. And so, you know, as I'm at that point in the conversation, I say to my dad, that uh, that shirt, that, that T-shirt that that guy over there is wearing pretty well encapsulates my friend's views uh, on the current political situation. Let, let's go Brandon. And, you know, it's just, it's funny to me. It is funny to me. Even though, as a Christian, I don't believe that it is proper or appropriate, however much I disagree with and strongly dislike and disapprove of uh, the policies of this president, uh, as much as I do not trust this president to say the right thing, to do the right thing, uh, to be the right person, I, I do find it necessary that we show him respect and I don't believe that we should be chanting F Joe Biden. And I don't believe that we should be necessarily chanting, let's go Brandon. But on the other hand, there's a part of me that doesn't know what to do with let's go Brandon, to be honest, because it isn't quite the same thing as F Joe Biden. It is and it isn't, but it's more than F. Joe Biden. It started out as F. Joe Biden. And some people, that's all it needs to mean. That's all it means. Not for everybody. And I don't think that it's gone viral just because everybody is thinking F. Joe Biden. I think it's a stand-in, half the time at least, 
but it does mean more. And actually, to illustrate and to explain what else it means, I found myself watching an interview or a podcast that Mike Rowe did here recently up on YouTube. And I'll post a link for the full interview. You should definitely check it out. I like Mike Rowe. I can't help it. Uh, I think he's got some really great ideas. I think he's very much on the right track when it comes to higher education, college degrees, the university system. Uh, his push for trade schools is very, very smart. In fact, I'll throw in a, another link in the podcast description for this episode for a piece that Micro did with PragerU on trade schools. Uh, I haven't watched that all the way through just yet. It's not very long, but... Uh, I wanted to jump into recording this podcast so that I'm not late to work myself. But I'll throw the link in there. You should watch that as well as he's interviewing a gal, a a very beautiful uh, young gal who went to trade school. And she works for some pretty big companies when it comes to uh, very precise machining and uh, welding and, and whatnot that needs to be done. And trade schools were her entry into that. She developed the skills, attained the skills necessary to get the great job that she's got right now. And so she's talking with Micro. Check that out. It's really, really good stuff. PragerU always puts out good stuff in my experience. PragerU plus Micro uh, plus a beautiful woman who has developed the skills when it comes to welding. Uh, It's a great combination. But I want to play for you. A portion of Micro's podcast on Let's Go Brandon. Take a listen. Here's a fun question that I kind of think is fun. Anyway, Brian Orso, Let's Go Brandon episode? Question mark. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and of course, I bring uh, it up because we just had a conversation about how this sort of what, what yeah. would you call it? A it's it's a meme. A, it's more than a trope. It's more than a meme. A it's trope. A, yeah. Yeah. It, I, but it's it, it's a bit of a troll, but it's clever. If you don't know, I mean, surely everybody knows, but we can't assume. You know, with an audience this vast, there's going okay. to be somebody in there that does know what we're talking about. But let's go, Brandon. Sure. Has become code for F. Joe Biden. And F. Joe Biden, of course, is code for Frank Joe Biden. But I don't say <laughs> on this. Podcast. You know I'm going to bleep that. <laughs> I do, but I want I want people to understand. You know, a reporter, I think for ESPN or NBC or somebody, was covering a race, and a guy named Brandon was mm-hmm. the driver. And while they were, mm-hmm. while she was interviewing Brandon, the crowd, a rather large crowd, started chanting Quack. Joe Biden, and it was crystal mm-hmm. clear. Everybody could hear it. And uh, this made the reporter nervous, so she said, oh, Brandon, the, the, these people love you. You can hear them ch- chanting, let's go, Brandon. Well, of course, that's not what they were chanting, but that little bit went out live. And I don't know who first decided that let's just go ahead yeah. and use that as code for what the people were really saying, and now it's gone everywhere. And I think the purpose of our conversation, Chuck, when this came up was – my point was, this is clever. It's not, it's not rude. It's not, as many have suggested, a giant coarsening of the culture. It's, I don't see it as any of those things. P- politics aside, 
this is a reaction to uh, the times that we're living in. And the times that we're living in right now are forcing lots of people on both sides of the aisle to look at a thing or hear a thing and be told that what they're seeing and what they're hearing is not real. And you can't do that to people indefinitely and expect them not to push back somehow. You you can't tell people that the border is secure and then show them images of tens of thousands of people flooding over it. You right? you can't tell people that the that the evacuation of Afghanistan was a success and then show them people falling off of a plane. Right? You you you, yeah. you, you just can't do that. And and you can't ask people who are watching a NASCAR race at home, who clearly hear the crowd yelling at Joe Biden to pretend that what they're really hearing is let's go, Brandon. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That, that is my whole point. That is my whole pause and hesitation on condemning let's go, Brandon. What Micro just said there is exactly the conversation that I was just having here a few weeks back with my friend Jeff Jorgensen and my cousin Micah Hirschberger. You have in this story, this little vignette, you have a perfect example of the dishonesty of our media, the temperature of the moment with regards to the President of the United States. You have everything rolled into one as far as Here's what's actually going on at this NASCAR race. And even though ESPN is supposed to be doing sports reporting, somehow ESPN gets to carry water for the president as well. And they're going to dress this up. And it's not, it's not the same as bleeping it out, by the way. Because Micro's podcast here, I don't know who his... Uh, um, what have you, his his producer or what have you. I don't know who this guy is. Looks like his name might be Stephen Hamrick. Uh, I'm not familiar with him, but Stephen Hamrick is going to bleep out or put a quacking noise anytime either Micro or himself uh, say the actual word F, uh, you know, stands for in this context. They're just going to put a quacking noise there to bleep that out. Uh, that's not what the ESPN reporter did when the cameras were rolling at this NASCAR race. Uh, what what the ESPN reporter did was much more insidious, and it, it's a perfect illustration, a perfect example <clears throat> of what the media does with regularity. Day in, day out, 24 hours a day, the corporate media, if they can't spin it, they just outright lie. They just outright lie to us, and we know exactly what it is that we're seeing. We know exactly what it means. We know what we're hearing and what we're seeing, and we have an opinion on it, and we may not all agree in our opinion on these things, but boy, howdy, is it more and more difficult to even have a reasonable conversation when you can't even agree on what happened, You know, much less what it is that we're going to do about it, what it means where to go from here, you can't even agree on what happened. And when the crowd is chanting such and such, and the reporter tells you all who are watching 
they're chanting something completely different, totally different. It's not even in the same universe. Let's go, Brandon. is not even in the same universe as F. Joe Biden. When that happens, and some people actually believe that, oh, yeah, you know, not that anybody could in this case, but in all too many cases, people actually do believe what they're seeing and hearing on the radio and on TV and on the Internet from these corporate media uh, giants. When you can't even agree on what it is that you just saw and what just happened because you're being so thoroughly lied to and manipulated and some people are falling for it, how do you have a reasonable conversation? Somebody's crazy, right? Somebody's crazy if they're actually taking the ESPN reporter's word for it over and against what their own ears can hear in the case of that NASCAR race. But really do, you know, go and, and watch the full episode of Micro. Uh, you know, it looks like episode 228. Again, I'll put it in the episode description for this podcast so you can follow the link. But as they go on in the conversation, they talk about, Mike Rowe talks about how language has been messed with and the definition of terms is being changed by the left to help them win debates. So here's another even more insidious way that the left in media is trying to control us and trying to make us go the direction that they want us to go. They control the language, and when they control the language, they can win the debate. But if they kept the definition of things as it was, they wouldn't be able to win the debate. But Mike Rowe brings up the example, which I won't play for you. I'll just give you a quick recap. He brings up the example of Merriam-Webster recently changing the definition of anti-vaxxer. Anti-vaxxer apparently has an entry in Merriam-Webster, and the definition now includes people who are against vaccine mandates. That was a recent change. And you wonder to yourself, what's driving a decision like that? Well, I'll tell you, people are getting into these debates online, and the media is trying to refer to people as anti-vaxxers who are against mandates, but they are perhaps even for the vaccine. They're for people getting the vaccine, and they themselves maybe even got the vaccine because they think it's safe, but they don't think that people should be forced on pain of losing their livelihood, losing their freedom, losing their ability to move around in society and go places and go to the store and go to birthday parties and go to church and go to work. They, they don't believe that people should be forced to get the vaccine over and against their better judgment, whatever that happens to be, even if we don't agree with it. And so you're getting these debates about, well, can we call these people anti-vaxxers just because they're opposed to the mandate? It doesn't sound like they're against the vaccine. If they themselves got the vaccine, they're encouraging other people to get the vaccine. It sounds like they're anti-mandate, not anti-vax. And presumably the guy at uh, Merriam-Webster who made this brilliant decision to change the definition of the word got into a debate with probably Uncle Joe at the Thanksgiving uh, meal about, you know, is that really being an anti-vaxxer to say I'm against the mandates, but I got the vaccine myself? And the brilliant mind at Merriam-Webster decided, well, let's just change the definition of the term so that I win. So that anytime somebody goes, Uncle Joe, you know, here's a link to Merriam-Webster. See, I changed the definition of the word. 
See, you're wrong. So I win. You know, and, and what that's supposed to do is if you turn out to be wrong and you don't realize that they just recently changed the definition of the word, well, it just took credibility away from you. It just took the wind out of your sails and it also threw you off balance. If you were saying, no, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I'm just anti-mandating the vaccine. It took the wind out of your sails. It took credibility away from you in the eyes of everybody who was listening and watching this exchange. And now you're going to be that much more chastened, even though it doesn't really get to the point of whether the mandate is good, whether the mandate itself is actually safe for the kind of precedent that it sets for future such decisions, future such issues. Uh, For that matter, whether changing the definition of words to try and win debates and to control the dialogue, whether that is safe. Uh, It really is beside the point to the fact that these folks are doing it. And so Mike Rowe, with regards to Let's Go Brandon, says that chant doesn't just represent a frustration with Joe Biden and concerns about fraud in the 2020 election. The guy was less interesting, uh, less enjoyable to watch on the campaign trail than a house plant, a house plant that has not been watered consistently. Uh, or put in the sun consistently is more engaging and would be more likely to get 80 million or whatever the number uh, supposedly was of votes in the 2020 election for president. And yet, this is not just about frustration with the president and his policies and inflation going through the roof and the debacle that was the withdrawal from Afghanistan and the fact that we still have hundreds of Americans trapped over there and allies, coalition allies, who now are angry with America, we've lost credibility in their eyes. Meanwhile, we really, really need our allies in order to face what's coming down the pike sooner than we're realizing, like any day now, potentially, in the form of Russia making a play for all of Ukraine, not just Crimea, but all of Ukraine. What are we going to do then? China making a play for all of Taiwan. They're not content with Hong Kong anymore. They're going to go for Taiwan and they're building uh, a significant military base on the west coast of Africa. So it'll be in the Atlantic. It'll allow their ships to rearm, refuel, uh, you know, do significant, sufficient overhauling to maintain battle readiness should World War III breakout. It'll allow them a launching point for attacks on the east coast of the United States. So we'll have to deal with them on the west coast and the east coast. If we don't do something, if we're not successful diplomatically in convincing this West African country to keep China out, if they can keep China out, all of our frustration about all these things is wrapped up in let's go Brandon. But so also is all of our frustration with the media, the corporate media, that lies to us all day, every day as a way of trying to control the debate. And so to Mike Rowe's point, when we say, let's go, Brandon, what we're basically doing is we're we're doing that classic martial arts move, uh, the, the, the classic principle of martial arts where you're not trying to stop cold your enemy's inertia 
You know, they're throwing a punch, they're throwing a kick at you. You don't need to stop it like a brick wall. In fact, what might be better is you draw them in with their own inertia, with the force of their own punch and their own kick. You grab and you pull them through and you toss them in a direction they didn't want to go. Uh, or you pull them into an, a hard elbow or uh, a hard uh, knee or you put them in a headlock or something like that, right? That's what Let's Go Brandon is. It's like, oh, you want to change what it is that we all heard loud and clear in that video clip to something that is more agreeable to your politics? Okay, we will now say that thing as a placeholder for what we really mean. And you know, just like we know, what the crowd was really chanting, you'll know what we're really saying, what we really mean when we say, let's go, Brandon. That's, that's what it is. And it's a way of fighting fire with fire. You guys want to play games with language and say things that are not true and say things other than what you really, really mean and try and spin everything. Two can play that game. We'll play that right back at you. We'll play that right back at you. This is a toughie, right? It's a toughie. I I know he says uh, he doesn't think necessarily this is coarsening our culture. Uh, I think the jury is still out. I'm still undecided on that. Uh, I work in the oil and gas industry. So believe me, I am used to hearing coarse language. In fact, the guys that I'm working with uh, as of last week on the Chevron account, some of the contractors and what have you, uh, all day, all day, every day, every sentence has got to have uh, a quota met of uh, coarse language. And I don't make a habit of talking that way. In fact, I try diligently to keep my language clean. And I want to honor God in that way. And I want to guard my heart in that way. And I want to respect the people that I'm around in that way. And if history is any guide, other places I've worked, the more... I work with people and I act that way and I talk that way. I don't even have to tell people, hey, please don't use that language around me. It just so happens they pick up on it and they develop a respect for me in most cases, which over time sees them using that language around me less and less. But I look at this and I think, well, okay, if, if it means the same thing, what's the difference, right? If I wouldn't say F Joe Biden, then should I really say, let's go, Brandon? But on the other hand, there's got to be some way of communicating solidarity because what we're up against is a united front of politicians and bureaucrats and political strategists and media personalities and academia and online dictionaries and corporations and sports organizations and athletes who don't want us to believe our eyes, who don't want us to believe our ears. If we were confident in saying, here's what's happening. This is what it is. Now let's talk about a solution. Well, then people might actually listen to our suggestions for ideas on how to solve the problem. And also there might be accountability, right? 
there might be accountability and they don't like that idea because they're just rabid dogs. They're unreasonable animals who want what they want and they're willing to play any game they need to with the truth. And so there's got to be some way of pushing back on that. If we can't, we are headed for Civil War II or when Russia and China make a move, we're headed for a debacle in World War III. And just plain and simple. And at this point, I'd like to switch gears a little bit, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about that. I mean, there's this news in Not the Bee, at Not the Bee. Joel Abbott reports December 6th, which was yesterday afternoon. China is apparently building Trojan horse shipping containers that could fire missiles on any city in the world. Man, is it great that we have a bunch of cargo ships stuck off our coast right now. So the story is China has developed a weapon system in which they can load up missiles into sea containers. Sea containers are those big metal boxes that you see stacked one on top of another on another on another on cargo ships. And anything and everything can be loaded into sea containers. You can put food in there. You can put electronics in there. You can put automotive parts. You can put anything. And China, allegedly, reportedly, has decided to put weapon systems in, which are ready to deploy from these cargo ships at a moment's notice. Now, if they stack them, you know, maybe that that's where uh, the whole thing falls apart. You know, you put this one on the bottom and decide that we're going to go ahead and launch it. Good luck getting it open and, uh, and launching it. Uh, but... That's a scary thought. That's a clever thought. You got to hand it to them. That's very, very clever. But it's a scary thought that in the event of a war breaking out with China, our hundreds of cargo ships with almost 500,000 shipping containers off the coast of California right now, according to 50 Shades of Way on Twitter, which is a funny name, by the way. Looks like the guy works out. Uh, whey protein is what he's riffing on. But 500,000 shipping containers off the coast of California, could some of them have weapon systems ready to be deployed against the United States? What would that mean? What would that look like? How would that go? Uh, if we can't even talk about it with one another, then we've already lost. And China knows it. If we can't even talk about it because our media is going to spin it, because they hate the American Republic so much and they hate Republicans and conservatives and flyover country so much, <clears throat> they would rather China win or they would rather take their eyes off the ball when it comes to what China ruling the world would mean. We've already lost. If they're not willing to do an about face and if we don't have the guts to stand up to them, we've already lost. Top U.S. official sounds alarm about China's military. We're going to have to adjust our military. That was uh, Ryan Saavedra at thedailywire.com, November 2nd, so just a little over a month ago. He quotes General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who I also do not like, but we should show respect to uh, just by virtue of the fact that he's a person in authority in our country. What we saw was a very significant event of a test of a hypersonic weapon system. 
Millie said when he was asked about the hypersonic missile launch. We don't know how they did it, apparently. We didn't see that one coming, and we don't know how they did it, and we didn't realize they were capable of that. And according to Millie, that's not all. That's by no means the only thing which is catching us by surprise. In fact, the trajectory and the pace at which China's military is advancing into spaces that we expected to dominate for some time is staggering. And it is not uh, looking good, I guess you could say, for the United States of America if we don't make some major changes to the way that we orient ourselves, organize ourselves. And the way that this article ends off, he says, and this is Heighton, I should point out, uh, four-star general John E. Heighton, outgoing vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, He warned, I think the end of October, that calling China a pacing threat is a useful term because the pace at which China is moving is stunning. The pace they're moving and the trajectory they're on will surpass Russia and the United States if we don't do something to change it. It will happen, so I think we have to do something. It's not just the United States, but the United States and our allies, because that's the thing that really changes the game. If it's the United States only, it's going to be problematic in five years. If it's the United States and our allies, I think we can be good for a while. Notice, I think. I think we can be good for a while. I think we'll be okay, but I don't don't know that for sure. And here's where... Again, the whole Afghanistan business, this is part of why I was so absolutely furious with the fall of Afghanistan, and I'm still furious about it. I've gotten myself a little bit more in hand, a little bit more under control about it. But we destroyed American credibility with the way that the Biden administration bungled, almost diabolically so. It's like, are you guys trying to humiliate America? Are you are you trying to humiliate America on the world stage right now? Are you trying to destroy our credibility with our allies? This plays right into China's hands. And yet, at the same time, <laughs> let's go Brandon, is what the crowd is chanting because it all got spun by the Biden administration as a pivot away from Afghanistan towards confronting Iran Russia, and China. No, no, don't don't pay any attention to the fact that Afghanistan is on the border with all three of those countries, and also that Afghanistan has all this American military hardware that we're leaving in country, which China has so graciously offered to come in and catalog and inventory and study. Never mind that we've left a whole lot of biometric equipment, a whole lot of communications equipment, a whole lot of military hardware, a lot of small arms and ammunition, a lot of weapons, a lot of vehicles in Afghanistan, which now China can just say, hey, like, let, we'll show your people how to use this stuff and also we'll study it so we know how to defeat it. And go nuts. The Biden administration tried to play this off as a pivot now we're just we were just pulling out of Afghanistan so we can focus more on China and Russia and Iran. Meanwhile, China goes around the world to our allies and says, "Hey, you see how America abandoned Afghanistan, abandoned the women and children of Afghanistan, the families of 
people who worked with America and her allies in Afghanistan to the Taliban. You see how that happened, how that went down? Do you really want to be an ally of the United States of America? And for that matter, you know, look at what we're doing with language. Look at what the United States of America is doing with language. Look at what American companies, what American media companies, what American politicians are doing with language. If I can't win the debate on the facts, on the merits of the case that I'm trying to make, I'm just going to change the language. Do you really want to be allied with somebody who is that weak and that insecure and that dishonest? You're displaying a lack of integrity, Democrats, from the get-go. And our allies, that former... uh, Vice Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, John E. Hyten, points out we're going to need so badly in the future. Our allies are not going to find that very convincing and not they're not going to find that very compelling. Why would they join with us when we can't even have an honest dialogue with one another? We're not strong. We're weak because we're oppressing one another, because we get into stupid arguments and disagreements about things like, let's go Brandon. And yet another piece of news, this one from yesterday as well, the Blaze Media, Alex Nitzberg reports, U.S. announces diplomatic boycott of Beijing Olympics, citing ongoing genocide and crimes against humanity in Xinjiang. This, of course, is referring to forced organ harvesting of political opponents, religious dissidents, the Uyghur Muslims in China. Our diplomatic officials, our cabinet officials, our politicians, our leaders are not going to go to the Beijing Olympics. They're boycotting. You know what I think is really going on there? I don't think this is a protest. I think this is a we don't feel like our government officials are going to be safe in Beijing. I think this is a concern about Havana syndrome. This is a concern about what is China capable of doing to our government officials? And might we be looking at a war that would break out? And if our people are in China, if our government officials, top-ranking government officials are in China for the Olympics and a war breaks out with China, all they have to do is say, sweep and they've got our people as hostages. And they've just disabled those parts of our ability to respond effectively to them. And now they can negotiate. Hey, you want your Secretary of State back? You want your Vice President back? You want your... I mean, now, to be fair, if that's a fear, I mean... I I wouldn't stress too much about it. But... I can see why you wouldn't want necessarily your people, your government officials, your top-ranking decision-makers in the U.S. government to be over in a potentially hostile combatant, enemy combatant country in the event of a war breaking out over Taiwan. But China's response, China's response was to promise repercussions. They're promising 
countermeasures. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Zhao Lijian said, according to the Associated Press, if the U.S. side is bent on going its own way, China will take firm countermeasures. Without being invited, American politicians keep hyping the so-called diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympics, which is purely wishful thinking and grandstanding. I love the use of the uh, hyperbolic in the case of some of these announcements, by the way. You can tell that there's a little bit of bluffing and grandstanding on their end as well. But it's a funny thing. It's a funny thing how important language is. And again, that goes back to Let's Go Brandon. People are sick and tired of being told that what they're seeing is not what they're seeing. No, you're crazy. No, you're a racist. No, you're a sexist. No, you're a gun nut. You are a religious fanatic. You are whatever. Whatever thing we have to call you with language in order to shut you up and destroy your credibility and destroy your confidence and destroy you having a meaningful place at the table helping to decide these things. And never mind that we got so obsessed with trying to destroy you that we destroyed our ability together as a community to work through problems, to discuss things rationally, to come up with solutions. Never mind that and what implications that has when we go up against countries which are being a bit more clear-headed and a little bit more together. They've got their poop in a group. Never mind the consequences. We can't be bothered. We're so busy oppressing one another, tearing one another to pieces. And so you almost want <clears throat> to affirm, let's go, Brandon. I do, anyway. I, I don't know about you. I won't speak for you. But you almost want to affirm, I almost want to affirm the let's go, Brandon thing, if only because we've got to stop letting these people do it. We have to stop letting them do it. You know, I met a guy here recently as I'm starting on this new Chevron account for Equal Automation. And this guy is a young guy, probably almost 10 years younger than I am, wife, kids. And we were talking yesterday, and he says, I don't watch the news. My wife, she stays up on all that. She's kind of obsessed with it. I don't watch the news. I don't pay any attention to it. I don't want to know about it. I like listening to podcasts on murder mysteries. But anything I need to know about what's going on in the world, what's going on in the country, I find out about it from my wife. That's enough. One person in our house being obsessed with these things is quite enough. Thank you. And I think to myself, that's how they get us. That's, that's how they get us. We check out. We say, you know what? I don't have time for this. Not my circus, not my monkeys. I need to focus on doing my job. I need to focus on fill in the blank. And when we check out and they all check in and they're all in, they run the show and we don't have a seat at the table. If you self-censor and if you go even farther back, hey, I'm not going to I'm not going to learn about these things. I'm not going to pay attention to these things because then I might develop an opinion. And if I developed an opinion, then I might communicate my opinion. And if I communicated my opinion, then I might have a conflict. And I don't want the conflict because I'm not prepared to really try and win the conflict if needs be. Well, then you've just 
done exactly the thing that they wanted, and that was why they were trying to control the language to begin with. That's why they were trying to control the optics, and that, that's why they were lying to us. To my associate's point, why pay attention to the news, someone might ask, if the media is going to lie to you anyways. The crowd chants F Joe Biden, and the reporter says they're actually saying, let's go Brandon. Merriam-Webster changes the definition of anti-vaxxer to mean people who are opposed to the mandates. Why pay attention to the news if you're just going to be aggravated? Well, you need to pay attention to the news in part because every now and then the truth gets through anyways. ESPN's there at the race, and they didn't intend for you to catch that the crowd is chanting F. Joe Biden. But also, the truth is so obvious, you can't mistake it. So sometimes when you watch the news, you pay attention, you listen, you follow these things. Yes, you get upset, you get frustrated, you get angry, you get stressed out. You don't like that. Yes, you've got to take a break every now and then. You've got to regroup. You've got to pull back. You've got to think about just your business, your life, your work, your family, your household. But also, too, you need to know what's going on and how it's going to affect you. It's a balancing act, and it's a never-ending balancing act. But we need to be prepared for the consequences and the cost being very, very high for us checking out. You know, I've taken a break here recently from listening to audiobooks because there's just too much going on, too many changes all at once. My wife is down to a month and some change before she's due with our eighth child, our seventh son, Andrew Matthias Mullet, and so I need to be there for her and paying attention and helping and all that, helping with the other kids and helping her make sure she's getting some good rest. I just changed jobs, which I didn't want to do uh, this year necessarily, but it, my hand was kind of forced, which I won't get into again right now. We have the holidays. The holidays are here. There's a lot going on all at the same time in our personal lives. And so I've scaled back on the audiobook listening until we get a rhythm built back up. And then it'll be nice to have a little bit of diversion here and there as I'm doing something that I don't have to think as hard about every instant. One of the books I'm listening to is Alex Kershaw's The First Wave about the men who carried out the D-Day invasion of Europe. Whether paratroopers parachuting in behind enemy lines, whether amphibious warriors landing on the beaches, taking machine gun nests head on. Those guys were in a very unenviable position. Do we want to be in an equivalent position with regards to China and Russia and Iran North Korea? Do we want to be in a similar position because we checked out for so long? Hey, it's not my problem, not my problem, not my problem until it is. And once it is our problem, the costs are very, very high. Now I ask all this, but being a student of history, I know the answer already. And the answer is routinely, cyclically, yes. Whether we should or we shouldn't, collectively, over and over again throughout history, the answer is yes. This is part of why you get wars. This is part of why things blow up. 
and they get escalated and they get out of control because we wait until it's too big to walk it back and now it's do or die. Now your back's against the wall and it's either take that machine gun nest, get gunned down on the beach or drown in the ocean. Those are your options. Now it's para-drop behind enemy lines and seize this bridge and take out their communications here under cover of night and hope that you don't land in some quicksand in a bog and you can't get out. You know, that was one of the disturbing images left in my mind from Kershaw's first wave. Some of these paratroopers landed in bogs and then their buddy who lands just a little ways off, he's close enough, he can see them, but he's not able to help them, just has to watch as they sink slowly into the bog and they can't get out because they're all tangled up and too much gear and there's nothing to grab onto. They didn't even get taken out by the enemy. I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, we need to get right with the good Lord and we need to get our affairs in order and we need to know what we're about and we need to have the courage of our convictions and we need to have convictions about the right things and we need to see things as they are and we need to speak plainly and we need to mind our business, yes, but we need to understand rightly what our business is. We need to understand that these things that are being misportrayed, that we're being lied to 24-7 about, yes, these things are in fact our business. This is our business. And you got to find a sustainable pace. you got to be appropriate in your tone and tenor in responding. But if you get all worked up and all upset about these things and you conclude, well, hey, I don't want to get all worked up and upset, so therefore I'm just going to avoid the whole thing. Avoidance is a dysfunctional coping mechanism. Avoidance is not healthy. And I'm not picking on this guy that I just met, young guy. Lots of people are in the same camp. And I'm not picking on them either. But think about this. And I'll leave you with this. Avoidant personality disorder, AVPD, is a cluster C personality disorder, according to Wikipedia, in which the main coping mechanism of those affected is avoidance of feared stimuli. Those affected display a pattern of severe social anxiety, social inhibition, feelings of inadequacy and inferiority, extreme sensitivity to negative evaluation and rejection, and avoidance of social interaction despite a strong desire for intimacy. People with AVPD often consider themselves to be socially inept or personally unappealing and avoid social interaction for fear of being ridiculed, humiliated, rejected, or disliked. They often avoid becoming involved with others unless they are certain they will be liked. Childhood emotional neglect, in particular the rejection of a child by one or both parents and peer group rejection are associated with an increased risk of its development. However, it is possible for AVPD to occur without any notable history of abuse or neglect. Why do I mention this? Because this is what's killing us on the right side. You have the folks who want so badly, so badly to be liked and embraced that they believe the lies, they convince themselves that these lies are true. Oh, there is no such thing as gender? Is that what I need to say now in order to be socially accepted? Okay, there is no such thing as gender. Oh, our border is secure? Okay, yeah, that, that, yeah I, I believe that too. We need to ban the guns? Yes. 
the crowd is chanting, let's go, Brandon. Sure. Whatever. Just tell me whatever it is that I need to believe now and, and say now. And I'm going to avoid the truth because it might lead to rejection. But on the other end of the equation, you've got the folks who cannot, they cannot do that. And so what they do instead is they just avoid social situations. People aren't going to like me. Well, that might be true when it comes to these rabid dogs. They're not going to like you. So what? Who cares? Get over it. Who cares that they don't like you? Who cares what they think? It's not the end of the world. They don't like you? Okay. But did you die? If they don't like you, is that the end of the life? Is that the end of the world? I get up in front of people and I sing. Sometimes I get up in front of people and I talk. Sometimes I record a podcast, (laughs) which dozens of people listen to, at least. Tens of people listen to. And the thought occurs to me on some regular basis that people might not like me. And then the thought occurs to me when I'm being more clear-headed So what? So what? They definitely won't like me if I never put myself out there. Some people are going to like me if I do put myself out there in a reasonable way. Before God and man, providing things all honest, all things honest. Some people are going to like me. Cool. Some people aren't going to like me. Okay. So what? What do I need to do? This is part of where the fear of the Lord comes in, and it is a great help. Insofar as I have not mastered it yet, but have latched on to it, it does help. When I fear the Lord more, I fear man less. And I'm less avoidant of my responsibilities. But I got to leave it there. Speaking of responsibilities, I got to go to work. Check out the micro business. It's really good. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.